Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 72 with Kirsten Brindley from Baltimore College Town. Uh, really excited I got the chance to talk with her uh, as an organization that I've really been uh, supportive of since moving to the city and uh, appreciate their making space for higher ed community here, um, bringing all the institutions together just to um, learn and grow from each other and connect and uh, just generally have kind of good vibes and uh, good times. So um, uh, definitely go check out the work that they're doing. We'll link to it in the show notes and everything else that uh, Kirsten mentions. I uh, really appreciate her sharing her story and all the things that she's geeking out about. Uh, I think it'll all be really good stuff for folks to uh, go check out that I think will be helpful for them as well. Um, and just a heads up, next episode, uh, so two weeks from now, will be the last episode of this season. We'll just do a quick wrap-up episode, but I'll be going off the air for the holiday season and coming back in 2020. So look forward to that. Uh, But without further ado, this is episode number 72 with Kirsten Brindley. I'm really excited to uh, talk more about the work that you're doing um, because I've been kind of partaking in Baltimore College Town's uh, events and stuff. And my wife also, uh, uh, with her work at her institution, is involved with uh, your organization as well. So I'm excited to hear more about your story and your work with Baltimore College Town. Um, But we'll start off here, as we always do, if you want to introduce yourself um, and give a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Thanks so much, Dustin. I really am honored to be here today and excited to talk with you. Um, My name is Kirsten Brindley, and I am the executive director of the Baltimore College Town Network. And my professional journey in higher education started as a graduate student at the University of North Texas. And I had moved back to the Dallas area. That's where I graduated from high school and was looking to complete a master's degree in public administration. And I found the program at UNT, but knew that I wanted a strong connection to the campus. And so even though I was living um, in Arlington and commuting to Denton, which is about a 45 minute to an hour drive, I still wanted to have an on-campus job because I had had so much fun as an undergraduate uh, doing work with student affairs. And so I applied for and got the graduate assistantship position in leadership and service. It was a brand new office, and so I had a lot of autonomy as the graduate assistant to create new programs, to try new and different things, and um, I had the really lucky opportunity that our vice president for student affairs at, at the time cared a lot about leadership and said, I have some money that I really want to invest in leadership programming and so my boss at the time had had experience with the Leadership Institute. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to create um, a Leadership Institute for the University of North Texas while I was there. And um, just going through that process of recruiting students for the program, creating a new program, kind of this new signature campus event was uh, really, really exciting. And then I was also able to create a large day of service um, modeled after the big event um, and that was, again, just another really wonderful opportunity as a you know, 23, 24-year-old to create new programs um, at a big state institution and really make those kind of legacy experiences for, for students. And then in 2012, I moved to Baltimore and I um, was applying for jobs kind of in all different sectors because I had this master's degree in public administration. So I did, I was interested in working in local government. Uh, but at the time, um, the 
the most of the job opportunities were in higher education, uh, just because the recession had hit the government um, a little bit later. So there were more university jobs than there were government jobs. Mm. And so I um, ended up working at Johns Hopkins University for my first two years in Baltimore. Um, it just so happened that they were looking for someone who had experience planning um, large service events and uh, working with student organizations. And so my experience at North Texas was really a perfect fit for this, um, again, another newly created position at the Johns Hopkins Center for Social Concern at the Homewood campus. And I knew pretty much nothing about Baltimore. I knew that they had good seafood and I knew that it got kind of humid in the summers, but that, that was about it. Um, so my first, um, my first six weeks, I was planning a large day of service uh, that's called the President's Day of Service. It's a signature event that happens every fall on campus. And um, I think that year, you know, we had about maybe 35, 40 partners that all needed supplies. They needed students um, to go to their different projects. And they were located all across the Baltimore region. So I learned Baltimore really quickly. And uh, that experience of planning that huge day of service was completely instrumental in helping me get connected to different nonprofit organizations, community organizations all across the city. And also in my role at Hopkins, I got to sit on a regional conference planning committee, which is where I first met Baltimore College Town, and they were recruiting for their Leadership Institute. And I was like, huh, I know leadership. Um, I want to learn more about what what they're doing because I hadn't heard of you know a model where um, it wasn't only hosted at you know one university. And so I introduced myself to the then executive director Kristen McGuire and got to know her and learn more about um, how their program brought students from. Um, 12 different campuses together to do the Leadership Institute, but then they also added on these extra retreats. And then um, that year I became the Johns Hopkins campus liaison to Baltimore College Town. And then the following year I got to participate as a cluster facilitator. And then the year after that, um, they their program manager for the Leadership Program um, took another job. And so they had a position that opened up. And I wasn't quite ready to leave Hopkins because I had only been there two years, but it was really the perfect fit of my interests um, in leadership development. And um, they were also interested in starting a new program that was uh, based off of um, uh, this idea of getting students more connected to Baltimore, but in a, a shorter time commitment. So a long weekend, um, a spring break, something like that, uh, which I was also doing at Hopkins. So in 2014, I started with Baltimore College Town, and my primary roles and responsibilities were to oversee the leadership program um, and then also create this new program that became College Town Underground, which is a four-day experience for students to learn more about Baltimore in an intimate and um, really connected way. And I you know, grew both of those programs and had a really wonderful time um, leading those programs and being a part of the organization. And then in um, 2017, at the end of 20, 2017, our executive director uh, took a position with a local foundation. And so I applied for and um, interviewed for and got the executive director role in early 2018. And so I've been in that position for about 
a little over a year and a half now, um, kind of seeing all the ins and outs of the organization. Uh, it's been a really great growth opportunity for me. And I think um, I'm going into a new strategic plan with our board that we're finalizing at the end of this year to uh, identify areas of focus for the organization. So it's a really exciting time um, to to be at Baltimore College Town, but also just me personally. Uh, it's been a really great organization that's helped me with my own personal and professional growth. Yeah. And it's just to me, like I haven't seen like this model anywhere else. So I'm just like, so kind of enamored with just like the way that you work with all the institutions in the city, just to make Baltimore like more appealing for college students to attend and to, to stay to work and live and all that. And just supporting all those students and the work that all the professionals are doing and um, so much good stuff that you do. And just for me really too, like having a place for higher ed community, um, you know, in Baltimore city is great. So um yeah, a lot, of, a lot of cool things that you'll do there. And um, you kind of, I guess, alluded to it already, but I'm curious maybe anything else that comes to mind. Like, because it seems like you've had a lot of connective tissue in terms of like the jobs that you've done and everything of, you know, service, leadership, and um, all of that. So I'm curious, like, anything else in terms of your own undergraduate college experience? Like, what still always is like coming up in terms of things that you learned or connections that you made or um, anything like that? Like, what's still resonating with you? personally and or professionally from your own college experience? I, the first thing that comes to mind are my two mentors from the University of Oklahoma, um, Clee and Kristen. Uh, and if you went to University of Oklahoma around the same time that I did, you know them, like they were kind of larger than life figures on campus. And I think that they instilled in me uh, this strong sense of self-belief that I can do big things as a student. And I feel like our mantra, um, I was part of the Campus Activities Council, which planned all large-scale events. And our, our mantra, our motto was make it happen. And that really was true. I thought I had a lot of experience and opportunity as a student just to try new things and do big things. And um, had a lot of support from Clee and Kristen. And I feel like they really served as a model to me on what a professional looks like and how you can be kind and open hearted and you know have your door open, but still do really high quality and uh, important and amazing work. And I think that that has been just an inspirational uh, thread that has been throughout my career of having really wonderful bosses um, and mentors throughout higher education of folks that believe in the power of what students can do and um, create an atmosphere where they foster and encourage that. Very cool. Um, yeah. And that's what I think, like just the power that like one individual can have to like, just really inspire and motivate people and um, yeah, serve as that role model is uh, always cool to hear. Um, uh, and I guess then, you know, that, you know, you kind of brought us all the way through to the work that you're currently doing. Um, and I guess, you know, again, it, it, to me, it feels very unique as like an organization and the work that you do. So like, you know, anything that comes to mind in terms of just like what you enjoy most about it, because it, it um, obviously does really connect with everything you've done professionally up to this point and your uh, educational background, and all that. So, um, yeah, I guess just anything you feel like is maybe unique about what you're currently doing that you maybe enjoy most any one thing or many things, uh, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, I think, you know, to your point earlier, it really is um, unique in the sense that it's super place-based. So we're, we're very much focused on the Baltimore region. 
Um, we partner with local nonprofits, we partner with government, we partner with businesses and higher education to uh, achieve our programs, our goals, our, our initiatives. And really what I love the most about of working at a higher consortia like Baltimore College Town is just the ability to bring people together around similar topics. Um, it's no secret that the world is in challenging times right now. And I think our work culture is getting harder and harder. There's so much competing for folks' attention and uh, resources and time that collaborative work is is really one of the best ways to mitigate those challenges that we're currently facing. Um, it helps, one, just to remind us that we're not alone, which is so important, and that a lot of our institutions face the same challenges or are having the same conversations. And to bring them outside of their campus space together with folks that are either doing some of the same work or if they're, we're bringing together students who are having the same need to find a job, an internship, or develop their leadership skills, um, just knowing that they're not alone in their, their search and their quest for their own personal and professional development is really helpful. Um, but then also in a very practical sense, we can convene folks who want to share resources and can combine um, what they have together to achieve something that they couldn't do on their own, which is, you know, how we are able to operate a shuttle system that brings five campuses together and takes students to local destinations. That That's something that the universities um, may not be able to offer on their own, but together, collectively, they can. So I think that just this ability to bring people together and to share resources is really powerful and uh, we'll only need more of that as we kind of continue on and go into the future. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like it really stuck in my head because like so much in terms of like hired conferences, like there's so much knowledge sharing and collaboration that happens in that space, but it's just like, you know, one and done for like annual conferences and maybe local ones, but something so like kind of, kind of, uh, kind of omnipresent and consistent and ongoing, um, like the work that you're doing is just really neat to see that, um, it's something that I enjoy about higher ed is that it's, you know, on one hand, it is competitive to a certain extent. There's only so many students who maybe can enroll, you know, at any given time or moment. But uh, people in higher ed do tend to be, you know, generous with their time and giving advice and, you know, helping each other. So helping to have some uh, consistent structure for that um, really does feel very, very valuable. Um, Absolutely. Well, then um, on to, you know, just sort of what's on your mind, whether it's, you know, personal or professional or, you know, again, just whatever kind of sticks out the most, you know, I'm very curious, like, what do you geek out about? Like if it is, you know, if it is just like hobbies, you know, fun stuff or things that are just grabbing your attention that may be more connected to the the work that you do every day. But um, yeah, just kind of broadly, like, what are you geeking out about right now? And maybe if it is like something new to you or um, something that you've always been into, um, yeah, I'm just curious to know. Yeah, I have been telling everyone who is interested in social change uh, to read Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. It's a book that came out about two years ago, um, and it is a facilitation guide and a roadmap for how we can bring people together um, to create a future that doesn't exist currently. And I just geek out about it all the time, and I feel like I'm constantly coming back to the principles and it's uh, something that I share with students, my friends, um, random strangers. I just tell everyone about it because I think that it's really important work. 
And I do, I, I am a true student of leadership. So I do geek out about any new like thought about leadership or positive psychology, uh, community building, how to be a better person, um, better human. I think about all of those things a lot. And, um, you know, I'm listening to podcasts about that too. So I think that that's what I probably geek out about the most, um, which is very related and connected to my work. Um, I'm also trying to become a better plant person. Um, I have a lot of house plants and I'm trying to get better at taking care of them. So thinking through like where, where I should put certain plants and which ones get the mm. most light. I think about that a lot now too. Um, but I would say those are kind of like the two things that preoccupy a lot of my time. Um, and now that it's getting a little bit cooler, the weather's starting to change a little bit. I, I feel like I cook a lot more in the winter. So coming up with new recipes and things like that are some mm. of the, the things on my mind. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm curious in terms of being, you know, the student of leadership, do you find yourself being attracted and kind of like, um, cause I guess I'm trying to get to kind of how you are perhaps kind of self-guiding your kind of educational journey here. Like, do you, would you say you like read more, listen to podcasts more? Have you like, you know, gone to conferences, taken like any online courses? Like, how do you see that taking shape? Cause I think that we're certainly in a really positive time right now in terms of there being no shortage of, you know, sort of resources out there and people just needing to maybe find uh, what modality works best for them or, you know, what type of kind of leadership theory or something, you know, like resonates mm-hmm. most with them. But like, what has that been like for you, I guess, now being, you know, out of school for a while, I assume, or like, I don't know if you have like started to go back mm-hmm. to take any courses or just kind of take stuff that's maybe recommended by others. Yeah, that's a good question. I um, participated in the ULab uh, online course, which is offered through MIT. Um, and the theory, it's called Theory U, and it's, a, it's also about uh, social change making. And that was uh, facilitated by a local nonprofit in Baltimore called uh, the Impact Hub. And they had um, cohorts essentially participate in the online uh, platform was offered through EDX. Um, but we would also have some in-person gatherings and that was a really great experience for me. I've done some other EDX courses as well on positive psychology, the study of happiness, um, and some others that are about kind of like workplace culture. Uh, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown and she, a few years back offered a lot of online courses. So I definitely am, am someone who likes online courses. I still, um, like learning in a classroom type setting. Um, so those have been really instructional for me. And I do listen to a ton of podcasts. I'm currently listening to one called Hurry Slowly that I love, uh, which is a lot about work and workplace culture and motivation, um, but also like personal well-being and how we can just optimize uh our performance in a way that, um, feels holistic and healthy. Um, and I really have been enjoying that. Um, but yeah, I do, I don't get to go to too many conferences cause I think that there's not really a conference for what I do outside of the, um, there's an association, uh, for collaborative leadership that hosts its annual conference in October. Um, and there are other higher ed consortia that gather, um, and that has been a wonderful group uh, for professional development for me. But outside of that conference, um, it's more kind of either something that's very Baltimore specific. So I love to go with my staff to, you know, big Baltimore based conferences, um, things like 
Beta City or um, business volunteers just hosted a business impact summit. Um, and those types of events have been really um, helpful in both building relationships for College Town, but also just getting a little bit more connected to what's happening in Baltimore. Um, but as far as kind of national conferences go, um, we tend not to, to get out to those. So doing um, online classes for me has been a great part of my own professional development and then also just connecting with my other higher ed consortia colleagues through ACL and um, continuing to be plugged into what's happening in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've kind of felt like I, I took a break from national conferences or really many conferences uh, for a couple of years and kind of having the itch to go back, but trying to figure out like, yeah, like what feels the most uh, worth the time and the money and like mm -hmm. those sort of things. So um, yeah, in lieu of that, yeah, there's so many good kind of like asynchronous, you know, courses and, uh, and different things. And then also, um, yeah, things are more like locally oriented to feel like a, a little bit more, um, useful, but, um, yeah. And I think, you know, when you do have the opportunity, like if, if anybody has that, that chance of doing something that's kind of the hybrid of like, you know, you can take a course and engage with learning materials online, but have like essentially a meetup with the people that you're taking the course with to discuss things and, you know, go through it. I think that can be like super effective as well. It's not, you know, doing wholly one or the other. Um, it's cool right. Yeah, like once you're making connections with people, it's like you can start to get like recommendations for things or just kind of learn from each other too. But um, yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty cool stuff. So yeah, like anything in terms of um, like anything that you're like watching, listening to, reading, any like at other sub uh, specific resources that you'd want to uh, recommend. And I guess just like trying to kind of capture, you know with any of these, you know, these hobbies kind of still generally like the things that you're kind of spending time on to fulfill yourself personally and or professionally. Um, yeah, I guess just anything in terms of like how you see it kind of positively contributing to your life. Cause I think it is like, you know, in terms of like cooking or like, you know, like nurturing houseplants and all that, it's like, you know, it's like, you don't have to do that. You could like have no plants and you could like order in food all the time or do whatever, you know, like it's like you are spending <laughs> yep. time and energy and like, you know, your kind of thought power doing that. So just any, anything in terms of resources that you'd want to recommend specifically, um, and then just kind of how you're sort of viewing all these different things that you're doing and the value that they're bringing to your life. Um, yeah, anything that kind of resonates there. We can obviously kind of keep uh, digging in deeper with stuff as, uh, yeah. as it makes sense, but um, yeah, anything that comes to mind. Um, absolutely. So I, since becoming um, the ED, I have been really mindful of my mental energy and where that goes. And so um, the biggest thing that I've uh, added to my life in the last year and a half has been a pretty regular meditation practice. Um, so I meditate in the morning um, for at least 10 minutes every day. Uh, and sometimes I'll do meditations at night as well. And I use Insight Timer. Um, it's a free resource and I recommend it to lots of folks. There's lots of other good meditation apps out there now, um, Calm, Headspace, but I, um, I use Insight Timer and I also have, I've been practicing yoga for, uh, pretty consistently for the last seven years and have just kind of really reinvested in my yoga practice. Um, I had foot surgery, uh, this year, so I have, uh, was unable to do yoga for a while, but, um, it's really the, the one exercise that I've been able to bring back into, uh, my life, uh, and I can still, you know, kind of go full force at it. Um, and so I am reading right now the yoga sutras of Patanjali, 
which again, just kind of deepens the experience of doing yoga and it helps make what the teachers say in class make a little bit more sense. So I'm reading that. And then um, I'm also reading Eat, Pray, Love, which is a book that I kind of resisted for a really long time because I thought it would be cheesy and um, not super helpful to read. Um, But I'm really enjoying it. And I think, you know, it took me, that book came out, I think, when I was in high school. So it's, you know, taken me, you know, 10 plus years, um, 15 years. Um, But it's been kind of fun to like read. And then I'm still in the Italy part, which is all about food and pleasure. But um, I'm excited to get into the deeper part when she starts doing her own yoga practice. I think that those two together will be really fun. Um, I don't watch a ton of TV, but I kind of pretty consistently watch um, John Oliver and um, I just finished the OA series because uh, I was curious about it after Netflix canceled it and there was the big uproar. Hmm. Um, so I wanted to, I was like, well, if it was that good, maybe I should watch it. And it is really that good. So uh, I just finished that series. And then um, the one thing that I think kind of is, a, so people are surprised that I watch is Bob Burgers. And I just freaking love it. It's so funny. <laughs> And it's so absurd, and it just makes me laugh every time. And so I'm glad that that's back on. Um, I watched that um, on Hulu. And so it's a nice kind of, like, mental break. And it's just, like, silly and good-natured and fun, and I love it. So um, that's kind of, yeah, what I'm reading and what I'm watching. And then um, as far as podcasts, I know I mentioned Hurry Slowly, but I also am kind of a diehard listener and fan of On Being and Radio Lab, um, anything that Malcolm Gladwell does. So Broken Record is, I think, his, the thing that's coming out currently. And then um, Adrian Marie Brown does a podcast with her sister called How to Survive the End of the World that I really love. Um, and she's the author of Emergent Strategy. So I would say that that's kind of my outside of work time, um, how I spend it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and, th- and it is like all those things like it, it it is just a weird and maybe it's especially like an American kind of affliction or whatever is that like that idea of like, you know, you have to just be like working all the time, like never rest, like your only value is your like economic output kind of thing. But like mm-hmm. that stress and that kind of uh, kind of rushed, stressed nature, you know, you end up limiting yourself, especially if you're trying to like multitask with so many different things. And it seems like so much for you, like you're saying, like clearing your mind, you know, trying to get somewhere fast by focusing and, you know, kind of being a lot more thoughtful that way. And um, really just kind of uh, that overriding philosophy, I think, is where more people need to go because like you're almost getting into this weird kind of twisty loop where you end up kind of limiting yourself um, by, again, trying to just be so, you know, rushed all the time so um mm-hmm. it's interesting you know just with you kind of having this you know career pathway getting to a point of you know helping to uh to lead a team and you know kind of uh just direct the entire organization and just you know it could be something where you just stress yourself out even if it's like it's like you'll just find something to worry about you know but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, you're gonna meditate clear your mind focus and just like take things easy you know nurture yourself and um, in your mind and, 
Yeah, so it's always refreshing to hear and a reminder. I feel like it comes up for me to like, you know, my, my brain just often does find something to worry about. And at mm-hmm. least to have the self-awareness to just be like, hey, like, it's okay. Don't need to worry about that. Like, But it still hops around to things. And I just have to kind of, you know, go through that exercise of, you know, working through it. But um, so, yeah, it's cool to hear, you know, from somebody kind of in your position of how that's, you know, been working out for you. Um, but, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, well, then, uh, to kind of wrap up the episode on a kind of similarly uh, optimistic and positive note, um, what are uh, what is something or are some things that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world? So I feel like you've been like hitting on all the points so far pretty well. So if you want to take the challenge of like one of each category, something in your job, something in your life, something in the world that you're looking forward to, um, you know, you'll just hit you know, perfect batting average here, you know, just rocking it. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, the general theme for me is always growth. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities to learn, um, to grow, and just kind of adding this idea of adding layers to my thinking. Um, I love meeting new people in higher ed in Baltimore. So I would say those are kind of my two general themes of for what I'm looking forward to. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff that Baltimore College Town is doing. Um, we have these really cool events where we're um, highlighting different industries in Baltimore and connecting students to those, and those will take place in spring of 2020. So I, I'm really excited about um, events like that because it really does kind of meet this need of students looking for jobs um, and bringing in cool industries that are really thriving in Baltimore. So that's, um, the one thing that I'm looking forward to in my job, um, in life, I would say, yeah, just again, continuing to grow, um, learn new things. And I, I really do believe a lot in the power of, um, self growth, uh, enhancing world growth. So this idea of if I can, um, you know, do my own self work and inner work, uh, that that can be transformative in the world as well. Um, so I, again, yeah, just this idea of continuing to grow and add layers, new learning, and then continue to meet all the awesome people that are here in Baltimore doing great work, uh, through that are connected to, um, and through our institutes of higher learning. There's a lot of great people here that come to Baltimore for higher education, um, to study and to work. And so it's fun to get to to connect with all of them through Baltimore College Town. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as my wife always uh, kind of ribs me for, because it's like, you're like, oh, yeah, and like layers, you know, like an onion. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's like layers like a parfait. It's more pleasant and sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I think that is because it's like that I – like we were even saying before, like the power that one person can have to like inspire and motivate and all that. And like, if you're working on yourself and growing yourself and, you know, just existing in a more sort of mindful way and, you know, interacting with people in a more positive and um, just like empathetic understanding way, it can really, really, you know, kind of uh, broaden and kind of ripple out that impact and everything. And um, yeah, just that, especially with like a huge player like John Hopkins, but even, you know, uh, place like Micah that's more specialized and smaller, just like bringing everybody together and kind of valuing this kind of mosaic of institutions and all the great people that work at them and the students that attend them. And um, yeah, I get it. it really is just the fact of like, again, finding your organization and seeing like something like this, which, you know, does exist, I think, in pockets around the country that, you know, it can work out. It just was 
really clicked some things into my mind in terms of just like how higher ed can um, really drive greater outcomes moving forward by like working better together uh, because students are always going to transfer. But then again, like I said, like we do a lot of knowledge sharing anyway. So how do we make those things kind of more, you know, persistent and everything. So um, it's really been inspiring for me just to kind of broadly and like a really good example that I've I feel like I cite often, so um, I appreciate uh, the work that you're doing there and appreciate you uh, taking time out to, to hang out for the podcast real quick and share all that you did. Um, I definitely have everything that we talked about uh, in this episode down in the show notes and ways to connect with uh, College Town and all that. So um, yeah, again, thank you. Thank you so much. This is a really great conversation. I'm glad we uh, got to have it. Me too. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it and um, look forward to seeing you soon. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at ConnectEDUPod or at ConnectEDU.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.